no, but Lalit is going to buy Bitcoin and check back in a year and see how that how that played out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if we're still friends in a year, that means the money didn't do well. But if you take off as a bazillionaire and you stop answering my calls, <laughs> then we'll know what happened. I so. think if you your financial lifestyle that much you should really hang on to the people that you knew before smith and those yeah. i'll never i'll yeah. never let yeah. her go when you when you build your big uh spaceship that is shaped in form of parts of the female anatomy as a response to jeff bezos you have to take me up with you and we'll go traveling around space together there's <laughs> definitely something aerodynamic there yeah well, think of the I traditional so. ufo i mean that's yeah. way more quote-unquote feminine than masculine definitely not so. phallic yeah, you know, the flying, the flying fallopians. <laughs> <laughs> like an acrobatics team. Welcome to We Heart Mom Jokes. I'm Lalita. I'm the queer mom of a 15-year-old, a single parent by choice, and a comic. And I'm Smita. I'm a mom of two, and I'm also a comic. And I met Lalita doing stand-up. And when the pandemic started, we were wondering, mm, are other parents finding this as difficult as we do? So we decided to talk to some people that we love talking to, other comics. Other comics! Woo! We love, yay! So today's guest, I'm so excited to introduce her, Carmia Weinraub. She's a DC-based stand-up comic. You know, she's performed all over the place that is within an hour radius of where she lives because we only have 24 hours a day, people, okay? Now, the wonderful thing about Carmia is that she produces an interfaith comedy show, and it's fantastic. And, oh, uh, NBD, she's also a mother of five. Yeah, that's right, five. And so I'm so excited to welcome her today. Let's start with a clip from her talking a little bit about her experience. So I've been struggling with some fatigue issues. I went to the doctor, and he diagnosed me with children. <laughs> I recently got to lay down for 40 minutes in the middle of the day. Thank you, MRI. <laughs> so I am a mom, but I'm not great at mom things like cleaning and compassion. <laughs> I have five kids, actually. Carmia is Hebrew for doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> when I take the kids to the doctors, I get a lot of questions. First kid's last name, Weinraub. Second kid's last name, Weinraub. Third kid's last it's the same, okay. Same last name. Different dads. <laughs> same last name. Do you know how hard it was to find five guys named Weinraub? I had to go on J-Date, a kosher cruise, and a backpacking trip through Latvia. I know that, that you owe us your gratitude because we've given you an excuse to lock the door behind you for, for 45 minutes. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I'm extra honest. I'm in my friend's house who agreed to watch my children so we could do that. That's a friend? That's a friend. Never let this friend go. No. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, thank you so much. So welcome. We have so many questions. Where shall we start? I was thinking, Carmia, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found yourself coming to stand-up comedy. So I am an observant Jew. And every year when Rosh Hashanah comes around, which is the Jewish New Year, 
like January New Year, people set resolutions. I do the same, Mm -hmm. but around September. So in 2019, I resolved to sleep more and Mm -hmm. laugh more. I love those. I have not been successful with sleeping (laughs) any better. Um, (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) But... But the laughing more, like I strategically just decided to go back to um, watching stand-up comedy, which I had loved as a teenager, mm-hmm. and it got a bit away from. So I watched and watched and watched and watched so much, and then I thought, I have funny things that happened to me. I'm going to start writing those down. And then about like a month into the writing, I thought, I will never be able to do a 45-minute set. Like, uh, like. I can share these things, but I'm never going to be that good. And then it took me like another couple days to realize I should probably not be watching the Netflix specials. I should find local comedy where mm. people can do like five, 10, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But then I started going to comedy clubs and then it seemed so much more possible. Yes. So yeah. I turned 40 like a couple months after that initial resolution. Yeah. And I resolved to just twice get on stage while I was 40. And I did them, I did both of those times like a month later and thought, well, that was easy. (laughs) (laughs) Why would I stop? And I kept going. So I was only like two months into doing it when the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. Nice. And I moved online. It really, really, really honed my writing and the community. I mean, we met, the three of us have connected through the online comedy community, right? Not to like try to paint silver linings on COVID, but this was, you know, it was a great opportunity to meet comics from other parts of the world. I mean, I met Carmia at a online open mic that I host. Mm-hmm. And as you said, I think Zoom comedy made us better writers because you just can't rely on anything other than the joke to get you through. There's no audience dynamic. There's there's nothing. There's no, your charm is not translated so well <laughs> in yeah. the virtual space. And then this is great online community. It's so, you know, we made, I think we made the most of it, right? In terms of comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Carmia, I love that when you went for the live comedy, you were like, I can do this because I call that the, well, if that ding dong can do it, school of thought. uh, (laughs) It's fueled so much of my projects in life where I'm like, you know, honestly. (laughs) The first open mic that I attended was not like anything I had ever been to. It was a Sunday afternoon at a bar and I kind of was expecting it to be maybe PG-13 because it was 1.30 on a Sunday. <laughs> Definitely X. And that's fine with me. I just wasn't expecting it. Right. Mm-hmm. And as, as it, I, I didn't, I didn't perform. I just went to like, I just went to look, you know, I'm not here to buy. This is and the very I, first time you went to see live stand up. It was the very first time I went to see an open mic. Like I had been to comedy shows in my life. Okay. But big people, like you'd go and buy a ticket and all that. Yeah. That's right. So this was your first open mic you went to watch. Yeah. And there were all of the jokes that the men say that usually have an R. Our audience can fill in the blanks. You can do the math. We're all grown ups here. And I felt so free Mm. and released 
from having to act a certain way or not being able to laugh at certain things. And I think there are so many boundaries on my life in terms of my observance and what I have to uphold and what I have to model. And so being in that open mic, I was like, this is the best. <laughs> it was really open. Yeah. <laughs> it was an opening. Wow. So, so I'm I'm so curious, uh, Carmia. I just quick disclaimer, uh, no, explainer perhaps. I'm a religious studies major. Uh, and I have this joke. That's why I have to do stand-up comedy to help pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> Second job. So Judaism is known for its comedy or Jewish people are known for their sense of humor. I don't know how to say that. I mean, comedy and Judaism have such an intertwined connection. At first, I did some jokes that I wouldn't now do. Like, I felt like, oh, anything is possible. And um, I have, there was like a recording of one of those. I've since taken it down from my page because it's like not part of my current brand. But I wasn't doing any jokes about my observance. None, not a set. They were like about my kids and about some about my husband, <laughs> various like opinions on the world. But I, I was maybe April, April or May of that year that I had a bit of like a meltdown where I wanted to do jokes about my religion, but I also wanted to not be so nice about like, they might not have been so kind, you know? Yeah. And then feeling like I might be misrepresenting or putting a bad name on things. Anyway, my comedy writers group are amazing. They said, a number of them are like, you should talk to your rabbi. Ooh. And then they're not part of my synagogue. They just said, you should talk to your rabbi. So I did. I talked to my rabbi. And I was like, listen, maybe I'm going to say a bad word here or there. Maybe I'm going to, should I not be doing jokes about my children? Because that is kind of gossipy. And... He was amazing, which I will say about everything I've ever gone to him about. He said, basically, if I can remember, the end result was completely reassuring. I think mm -hmm. the, the words were stuff like the comedy that you're doing, people are going to relate to. You don't have to name a particular child. You can just, you know, almost anything mm -hmm. you're going through, someone else has probably gone through. And that's a relief for them to hear that. And it's like um, essentially a public service, is what he was saying. And what I especially loved about what he said was stop worrying what other people think. Every comic needs a rabbi. That's oh. what I'm. <laughs> Such kind words. I just absolutely adore it. It's so good. Back to my writer's group. Thank you so much for telling me I should talk to my rabbi. Here's what he said. And I said, but I still don't know where can I go as an observant Jewish woman to make these kinds of jokes. And um, a black Christian firefighter veteran who's become a friend of mine who was on that group looked straight into the camera and said, there is a stage for you. I'm just writing that down. There is a stage for you. There is. Okay, we don't do advice. Hang on, we have way too much advice. There's, there's way too much good advice in this, but now Smitha is taking notes. No, I mean, what's happening to this podcast? I know. This, is the first, this is the first time I've had to bust out a writing tool, so this is pretty high up there, Carmia. <laughs> Two years of the, the podcast, yeah. and Smitha is, is writing things down. Carmia, it's a whole nother level now. <laughs> I love it. I write down the date. I'm so glad to be here for it. 
There's, I'm just passing on his advice. Nick Baskerville, storyteller, comedian, extraordinaire, friend. There's a stage for you. It's basically the world is big enough for you. Mm-hmm. People need to hear what you have to say. Like, that's what I got from what he said. So you did actually find a stage for you and you started producing a show on this stage for you, right? Tell us about that. The Interfaith Comedy Show came about because... I was realizing that I was meeting <clears throat> lots of clean comedians who were doing jokes about their religions. And a lot of shows, like in a standard club, tend to mock religion, but not from a perspective of people who are current believers. And I can listen to those, and those are funny, and those are fine. I just can't say those, you know? I just mean my jokes about religion would be about my observance and I felt that yeah and there can be a lot of judgment especially if the audience is coming at it from an anti-religious perspective Mm -hmm. obviously if it's funny enough it's going to make you laugh but I thought I want to be able to do these jokes and I also specifically want to be able to connect to other people who are doing those jokes from different religious perspectives Mm -hmm. and I know me personally I have benefited a lot from the interfaith relationships that I've had Mm-hmm. And I reached out to my rabbi again, hero of the day. MVP, I'm telling you. Yeah, I texted him and I said, thoughts on an interfaith comedy show at our synagogue? And he, it might have been four seconds later, responded, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> so then I reached out to everybody that I knew whose comedy I liked who had ever done jokes about their religion. And the show was born. amazing i'm gonna join a religion because i want to be on your show Mm -hmm. i also feel as a religious studies major maybe i can just come and represent the religious studies academic like a meta participation meta yes exactly yes (laughs) perfect tell us about Anna Smith is all about the comedy but I'm I'm representing the mom here I do have to say when when your rabbi told you you don't have to name your kids I mean that's good advice for both of you because you have multiple kids I mean I can not name my one child as much as I want but people are gonna know who which one I'm talking about no I'm so curious about all your kids tell us their ages my kids range in age from five to fourteen Oh, you have a teenager okay. as well. Mm-hmm. And um, Smitha has an almost five-year-old. So we're all, we're with you. We're with you. Yes. Yeah. I was told years ago that things change when your oldest hits 10, if you have multiple children. And I hung on to that. <laughs> they didn't, but did they tell you which way they would change for better or worse? Oh, the assumption better yeah because they can just be more helpful oh yeah huge so i keep kosher it's not always easy but i do it because i like the tight-knit community i did try bacon once when i was nine i felt so guilty about it i had to listen to klezmer for a year If you're looking to go off bacon, try Eastern European clarinet music. It's better than a nicotine patch. (laughs) It's also a better punishment than public flogging. 39 lashes isn't some new product from Maybelline. It's a very old product. (laughs) It can be awkward when I go to someone's home who eats differently than I do. 
they're stressed out trying to find something in their pantry for me to eat. Hold on, hold on. Do you like rice cakes? Do you like raisins? I found some kosher salt. <laughs> Gotta say yes to something, otherwise rude. Now I'm drinking salt from a paper cup. Is that true? Does that really happen? That people get uh, kind of stressed? Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, one of the kids, severe food allergies. So we're like a double threat when we go to your house. For sure, families are like, can you have, can you, can you read the ingredients? And then everyone's like checking and everyone's looking or, or yeah. a parent might ask a kid, can you have that? And the kid has to come to me. I can relate a little bit because I'm a vegetarian and I like the way people like freak out about me on Thanksgiving is very touching but sad like they'll be like oh you know is, is there enough food and I like to call Thanksgiving the no really the sides are fine day for me um and yeah so my my trick has been to yeah bring the food that you want to eat so I always sneak in a vegetarian side dish That's right. yeah. I will say that I'm a bit socially awkward when I'm making new friends mm -hmm. homes I'm at be because of all this I feel like it's a big ask to go to someone's home I bring food, but sometimes, you know, people want to host you. They want to feed you. It's like yeah. very normal. And then I have all these issues that I bring with me. Well, does it have a kosher symbol and does it have a this? And I, I doubt that people are okay with that, even though mm -hmm. they say it's fine. It's like a personal concern that I'm asking too much. You should go to Holland. Dutch people are very mean. I mean, like... <laughs> mean as in stingy uh, this is just scientific like this is not a judgment this is just science and also we're not hospitable at all and so when you go to someone's house if you were to stop, say you're I don't really want selling <laughs> really selling the place Lolita please stop and I do a quick shout out because we actually have a couple of regular listeners in the Netherlands we love you guys thank you for listening to the podcast and you are hashtag not all Dutch people but on the whole <laughs> Holland doesn't have a strong hospitality culture and if you go to somebody's house in Holland and you say I want nothing I brought my own snacks they'd be like oh my god thank god they'd be so happy we should definitely mm. travel there, uh -huh. there yeah then don't yeah I feel like uh, Indian culture is a little bit the opposite where you're like, I'm really not hungry. I don't want to eat anything. They'll be like, okay, just one cup of tea. And you're like, no. <laughs> I said, no. Yeah. You know, like when I was younger, like in my early 20s, I used to feel so embarrassed about this, like imposing my vegetarian lifestyle on people that I actually had like clauses where I was like, okay, unless someone's cooked it and they're very emotionally invested, then I will eat it. So I've like eaten food that I really didn't want to eat, but just out of that guilt, that feeling of I'm making them unhappy. Yes. And it took me so many years to be like, it's okay. I can just say no, thank you. It took me a long time. Yeah. I wish I just had a sign on my head. I feel like that would be helpful all the time. You know, here, yeah. here's what it means to host us. Yeah. Here, here are all the things I can offer you as a friend. Check yes or no if you're in. <laughs> Yeah, it should be a friendship agreement, okay? Don't serve me meat. Don't ask me if broth is okay. You know? Let me give you advice. Check. <laughs> but I feel like when you go to someone's home, you show that you're comfortable because you help yourself and you do the dishes. Mm -hmm. Although I had one guest who made themselves too comfortable. They picked their toenails and hid it behind my couch. Like, I could see them hiding the little crumbs no. behind my couch. 
This that wasn't me. Was okay. They did, and I was. That was not okay. I know. So that's like too comfortable sometimes. Oh my God, I, I wish we had a video. Carmia's and my faces right now. Like we cannot believe. If that, you're listening to this podcast, uh, they're geez. also making the same face while they're listening. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. Another person everyone. with the toenails. If they're listening, are they listening to the podcast? Yeah, we judge yeah. you. We're judge you, toenail yeah. person. How dare you? I'm talking about it more than ten years later. That's how sad I am. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Ew. Ew. Yeah, so, no, but no. yeah. So no, we're not at that level. We're, we're pretty good. We're being helpful. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say with a hundred percent confidence that I will not go to someone's home and leave my toenail clippings behind. Her. <laughs> that yeah. might be the bottom line there. Yeah. I feel good uh -huh. about myself now. I've never done that. <laughs> every day. Every day. Wow. You did it at my high school reunion. Yeah, that's why I love hanging out with Smith. Though she always finds a way of making me feel good about myself, and it's not yeah. always easy. <laughs> it's called setting the bar so extremely low. Yeah, with you, Lalita, I have to. This reminds me that I've gotten into this new venture of making T-shirts based on like phrases that I think are, I don't know, relatable or not. But mm -hmm. the one that I haven't yet made, I've been mulling over, which is I just can't care that much. Ooh. Ooh. And so thinking about like, what's the, this, what's the bottom line? Like what makes you a good guess? What makes you not a good guess? Like when are you stepping over someone's toes or when, Tonal clippings. <laughs> you know, but there's like a lot of things that I have to do as a mom of yeah. five and I, it's like an excuse and also an admission and also permission. Is it an instruction? To myself? Mm-hmm. I don't care so much. Yeah, I like that. It should be. I think we are trained to believe we have to care more than we do. And then we are trained to feel guilty That's when right. we don't care. Really. I mean, it starts going for like the snarky edge of things, you know. Right, I, just, I see. That much. So there's the snark factor, but but there's also a you can relate to me because I'm just not going to do 100% all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Setting expectations. Yeah. Hey? Yeah, it's speaking, not going to happen. Speaking of children making unreasonable demands, like don't say play dates or whatever, my son texted me literally while we're recording saying, would you mind buying into some Bitcoin? answer yes i would mind <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm gonna just basically make him do the math i mean one bitcoin sells for like forty two thousand yeah. dollars is it like splitsies if you yeah put, yeah yeah you yeah, totally. can buy a tiny fraction of one but i mean will you both get the profits Ooh. oh i need Ooh. to definitely draw up a contract on that because we've come yeah. unstuck before in fact at one point when he was younger when he used to help me with my jokes uh he would demand a cut <laughs> 20 percent of whatever i make and i'm like what i make is barely dividable into five but you know mm -hmm. sure but now he doesn't he doesn't want anything to do with me and so we also don't talk about my jokes and so that's gone that little mm -hmm. demands but yeah lolita if you are willing to make the bitcoin risk 
and put some money out there, then you sh and for him, even for his learning, you should, I mean, 80, 20, I don't know. 60, oh, I was going to say 50, 50, but I'm liking 80. Who's getting 80? Lalita's getting 80, right? Yes. Ooh, well, this will like be a, this will be a negotiation over dinner. I can already spoiler alert. This is a negotiation. I'm going to lose. So when I was in grad school, we got this. All the women in my class got a book on negotiations for women because you know he's like you know we're supposed to be terrible at it. And the title of the book was "Women Don't Ask." And I was like, "Is that a statement or an instruction?" <laughs> is there a well placed comma there, or yeah. what's happening? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Or an exclamation at the end. Yeah. My idea is you give him 10 for the Bitcoin. I don't know, $10, whatever the amount is. And you put the equivalent into some other stocks that you like highly believe in. That's actually a brilliant idea. I don't know anything about the stock market. Could you just text me your rabbi's number? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that his information extends into economics, but probably it does. <laughs> I mean, this is great because so far our podcast tagline has been that there is no useful parenting advice for you here. But now we have to add there is no useful financial advice for you here either. <laughs> no, but Lalita's going to buy Bitcoin and check back in a year and see how that how that played out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if we're still friends in a year, that means the money didn't do well and, you know, you're still at my level. But if you take off as a bazillionaire and you stop answering my calls, <laughs> then we'll know what happened. I think so. if you change your financial lifestyle that much, you should really hang on to the people that you knew before. Smith and those, yeah. I'll never, I'll yeah. never let yeah. her go. When you, when you build your big, you know, uh, spaceship that is shaped in form of parts of the female anatomy as a response to Jeff Bezos, you have to take me up with you and we'll go traveling around space together. 100% guaranteed. When my $10 Bitcoin investment <laughs> has me in a flying vagina-shaped saucer, Smitha, you're in with me. <laughs> There's definitely something aerodynamic there. Yeah. Well, think of the I traditional think so. UFO. I mean, that's yeah. way more, quote unquote, feminine than masculine. I definitely not so. phallic. Yeah. You know. The flying, the flying fallopians. <laughs> like an acrobatics team. Yeah. <laughs> the flying fallopians. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we're at the home, the last, the, the last bit of this uh, thing. I think we do have to bring us back down to earth though. Thank you so much for joining us today, Carmia. Do you have any life advice or what's been top of your mind? So my life advice is use your local library. Not just to get COVID tests, like go is, I don't know about with you guys, but here they're delivering COVID tests at the local library. Is that mm -hmm. happening? Yeah. Um, go, is it, you're paying for it already, you know, like go get the books. Um, I'm a power user. I go every week and I, I hear you. I love the library. Yeah. Let's go. Smitha, what, what I want to ask you, what's, what good life advice have you acquired since we last spoke? Okay, actually, I have a resolution for this year, okay? Yes! It's, it's four little statements. I, it, I just came to me in a blast in the middle of the night. So my resolution for 2022 is to be myself, feel myself, to like myself, and to love myself. That's pretty much been the goal of my therapy, which has been going on for about four decades now. So, <laughs> Smith, I'm going for it. My 40 year, year resolution. Oh, 
Oh my God. I started that work while you were being born. That's amazing. And I'm nowhere near, nowhere near. Oh, full power to you. That's amazing though. That's really, I love I that. Knock those down to three. Ooh. Liking, loving, and feeling. Yeah automatically help you be uh, well you know what the trick is i'm trying to work out mom and i feel like sometimes in the name of self-care i'm like oh you should take a break so i'm like sometimes loving yourself is different from liking yourself right <laughs> and actually one of our top listeners has included me in his weekly workout group and um, the group is called fitness freaks but i was really campaigning hard to call it fitness witness but that didn't happen <laughs> so yeah if he listens uh I just want you to know, fitness freaks, I love you. But go on, Lalita. I'm with you. I've always been, not always, since my 20s, been super into working out. But I start, just started working out with Stacia Patwell, the fitness guru to the comics. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, she has some very hard advice sometimes, which some of us need to hear. I need to hear. It's exactly that. Uh, her number one snarky, I guess, phrase is, you don't have to like it but you do have to do it. And so there is that rub, I mean, on a more serious note, between self-care, like, do I deserve a break? And she would say no. <laughs> do the award. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, I think it's a, uh, what do you call it? Up to, up to our discretion, but yeah. So, yeah, of okay. course, where you are. So thank you so much for joining us today, Carmia. Hey, we should mention our success. Smita, go for it. Oh, yes. So before we sign off, we recently got an update from Good Pods, which is a podcast platform that we are their number one podcast for parenting. And not and like they split their podcast into two categories, indie, which is like people with a laptop at home, and not indie, which is like, you know, you're, you actually work at a company or a pro. And we are the top for indie and not indie. So big money people take that. Yeah. Okay. Just All you need is a couple of kids and a microphone. And that's it. <laughs> That's it, you know? Come on, we are very funny. <laughs> so that's such a wonderful note to, yeah, we're doing it. We're, we're doing, doing it. it. We're here. We all have, what is that? What is that? Let me look at it again. There is a stage for us and we found it and it's on, you know, it's out here. Yay. Where can we find you on social media, Carmia? I am a rare Instagram poster, but I am there. Carmia mm -hmm. W. Carmia.w. Mm -hmm. And I have a Facebook group, Carmia's Comedy. And I have a website, carmiawineraub.com or interfaithcomedy.com. I can't believe that was available. That's incredible. Wow. Congratulations on snapping that up. Well done. Thanks. Well done. Yeah. Um, and then Lalita, where can we find you? I am on Instagram at Lalita D Comedy and on Twitter and my website is LalitaD.com. And we also have an Instagram account for the podcast called We Heart Mom Jokes. That's right. Follow us on Instagram at We Heart Mom Jokes and, and you can find me at Almost Favorite on Twitter. So thank you, everyone. Thank you. Okay. And thank you, Carmia, for being here with us today.